Welcome in live from the County Seat Sports Grill in downtown Lillington. This is Camel Call Live, and this is the place every Monday night through Thanksgiving from 6.30 to 7.30 on Mondays. We will have our live podcast here tonight. In addition to head football coach Mike Minner, we welcome in head volleyball coach Greg Gorl. The champs open up their home schedule tomorrow night and will play three games this weekend in the Campbell Invitational. But first things first with Campbell head coach Mike Minter. We're going to talk about football's season opener on Thursday. Coach, your team went toe-to-toe with the fourth-ranked team in the nation. When you think back to Thursday's opener, what sticks out? Well, um, man. Well, stick out is this is a good football team. Um, you know, William and Mary, they don't beat themselves. Um, they, they, it's a reason why they number, you know, four in some polls, some, number five in other polls. It's a reason. And, and the reason is that they're, they're a football team, a veteran football team that has been there and done that. And, um, and we had to figure out who we was going to be, um, in 2023. And Chris, I got a chance to see who we're going to be. And we're going to be a really good football team. Um, and you know, we're going to get better and better each week. And, um, I told my football team, just understand that, uh, we're not going to be feeling this way, um, too, too many times in 2023. Uh, that's what I thought. And, and you saw it from the very beginning, just how much confidence you guys played with, but, uh, you, uh, you decided to take the ball first and you open up with a 13 play. 78-yard drive. It was uh, a little bit of pass, a little bit of run. It was phenomenal. Talk about that opening drive from your eyes. Well, you know, um, Coach Whedon does a great job of really preparing his um, offense, the players connected him to how they're going to drive the football in their first couple drives. And, um, you know, again, the second drive was just as good. Um, we, We fumble in the red zone. Um, you know, and, and I, I know Nakari Rogers wish he can have that back. But um, but again, man, he just does a great job of understanding what the defense is going to do, um, how to attack the defense and really have them on their toes. Uh, I should say their heels, um, you know, those first couple of drives. And and then the third drive, we, we, uh, we put some points up. And so you're looking at three drives that was. You know, really nobody stopping us uh, but us um, during that time. And, and, I, and I think it really caught um, William and Mary off guard with the tempo which we play and the way we was attacking those guys. Um, but, you know, that's what Coach Whedon does. He, he's going to mix in, run, pass, play action, rollouts, highs, you know, quarterback runs. Man, that's very, very difficult for a defense to – to deal with. And, and that's what we had going on, Chris, early um, in that first half. And, and then the second quarter kind of kind of hit us. And and um, we had some, you know, a couple formals back to back and, um, you know, gave, gave them the ball in the red zone. And once this team, William and Mary, get up on you, very difficult to come back from that um, because they do such a great job of keeping um, it in third and manageable situations. So, now the quarterback can run, he can hand it off, and, and um, you know, that, that makes it tough. You pointed it out, two turnovers in the second quarter, two and a half minutes, that that really changed the game. And even with all that, again, 
you fumble at the five, and so that most likely takes seven points off the board for you. And then with the muffed punt, you gave them a short field, you put seven back on. Just take seven off, add seven to the score, and, and that's a Campbell victory over a top five team. But still, after all that adversity, you guys were tied 14-14 with six minutes to go in the half. That says something about your guys, too. No, it does. Um, Chris, we, we, again, man, we're talented. Um, I'm not going to back away from, from that um, because we are. And um, it, it's really about uh, understanding how to play together, um, understanding the details of the game, um, because really it wasn't a lot of mistakes that was made from a, um, you know, ME standpoint, mental errors. It was more of, you know, guy hitting the ball out of his hand, guy dropping the ball. Well, that ain't got nothing to do with the mental side of the game. That's, that's, a, that's a player trying to maybe do too much maybe in that situation and um, should have just fair caught the ball, get the ball back to the offense, um, let us go back to work. Um, it was a guy that, you know, said, okay, I got to make a play. And um, that, I think that's the thing that I try to teach my guys because we haven't been there, is you don't have to be Superman. <laughs> Just do the right thing at, at the right time, and we'll be fine, and we will do what we need to do to win the football game. And, and I thought both of those instances was guys trying to do too much, like extra. And, um, and, and so we – we get the ball knocked out, and then we drop a, a punt. And, and, you know, again, Chris, to your point, um, with all that, we give up a possession, and then they get the ball back in the third quarter, and that's where your separation comes. Yeah. It's, it's doing that time. Yeah. Your defense under first-year uh, defensive coordinator, uh, Pat Miller, he'll be our guest here um, next week as well as with your offensive coordinator, Anthony Whedon. But when when you talk about your defense, you have – you almost turned over the roster completely. Um, your defense, again, playing against a top five team in the nation and, and what I think is one of the most pre-snap creative offenses that I've ever seen at the, at the FCS level. They do so much to get your eyes moving and going somewhere else. Even, even through all that, you guys come back, settle down, allow just 10 points to them. In the in the second half, I saw a defense really gelling in the second half. What did you see? Well, that's what you you, you saw, right, Chris? Is is that this defense is it got better as the game went on, and um, and 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 that's what I love to see about um, how we did it last year. That drive at the end of the game, they would have scored, okay, and we wouldn't have had an opportunity to come back and score at the end of the game. And this year, we stopped it, right? held them to 10 points. They were doing the same stuff they was doing in the first half where we gave up 24 points. So it wasn't like they went, in, you know, into conservative mode because they didn't. They was doing the exact same stuff. And um, our guys just got better and better and better as the game went on. And and um, so I just look forward to this defense. Um, as the year go on, I can promise everybody that's listening, this defense will be a shutdown defense because we got players that can make that happen. Yeah, and you could definitely see that. Offensive-wise, I know um, it, it looks like no, nobody's scoring in the third quarter. Scoring 10 in the fourth was says something too. But, but what I saw was a team against a very good defense that was half a yard away on two deep balls that could have equaled 14 points. And again, a, a victory for the Camel. No, I, I mean, Chris, we had our opportunities – I think in the past, when we played teams like this in the past, um, our team had to play so hard just to stay in the game. 
this game, it wasn't like that. It was it was just it it was not a lot of um energy being expended to just stay in the game. We felt like we we gave the game away because of some mistakes here and there um as far as dropping the ball and fumbling, right? Um but at the end of the day, um uh, Chris, I, I I like this team. I, I like where we at. I like the mindset. Um and we came back to work today. Uh, ready to go uh, because we know we are a team. That's our floor. Our floor is 10 points away from beating William Mary, the number five team in the country, number fourth team in the country, depending on which one you look at. That's our floor, and we're going to get better. So if that's our floor, I like this football team. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. Um, standouts on both sides of the ball. Haj Malik Williams, your fifth-year senior you look at him, he doesn't have that highlight run. He doesn't have that the, that thing that he's doing. And you look down and you see that he was 22 for 26. I, I don't think he had his first incompletion until sometime in the second quarter. 22 for 26, 226 yards, a TD, and and no turnovers. He was, was just spectacular as he usually is. When he is healthy, he is uh, unbelievably tough to beat. No, he really is. And, and he did his job. And so um, you got to get kudos off to him because – he did his 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 work in the offseason to be able to go 22 for 26 for 200 something yards. Um, he he's he's done the work, okay, and he's just gonna get better. And so you can imagine <laughs> this guy getting better. And then you you talk about two passes that was taken off the board. One was a touchdown um, because of a holding call, and then the other one, um, you know, was a 20 something yard um, catch um, to easy. Coming across the middle um, again, just on the money with everything, and so I, I, I'm glad we got him <laughs> on our <laughs> yeah. football team. And and um, again, I think the offense, everybody got to see a little bit of what they're going to be in 2023, um, and we're going to be explosive. Um, and you know, man, I, I I just I'm excited about this team because I know that we 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 scratching about 30% of who yeah. we are today. Yeah. Speaking of explosive, of, of course, why well, I always love having you on the first week of the season and spending a whole hour together. You tell me, watch for this guy, watch for this guy. You talked about VJ Wilkins. He's a redshirt freshman from just outside of Winston-Salem. You said he's going to be special. And my goodness, he nearly had 150 uh, total yards. He was unbelievable in the receiving and the return game. What a weapon. You know, I said, guys, pay attention to number 21. <laughs> That's right? what you did. You said that a couple <laughs> and I, times. And I said, you wouldn't know his name <laughs> after the game. And um, he is just going to get better and better. He's He he is the, he was the fastest guy on the field. And we couldn't say that last year with William and Mary. Um, number one for them was the fastest guy on the field last year. And we were making number one look normal on our defense. And so the speed of the team is really, really good at this point. And VJ is one of our fastest guys on this football team. And and VJ is going to, you know, we call him Rocket for a reason. He's going to uh, make um, plays in the return game. He's going to make plays at running back. He's going to make plays at, at receiver. Um, he, he's he's going to be our Army Swiss um, knife. And, and um, we're going to use him in, in so many different ways. And that's not even counting everybody else, right? That's, that's part of this thing. And, and um, you know, again, Campbell Nation, I can, I can promise you, man, you're gonna, you're gonna enjoy 
um, what we put on the field for the rest of this year. Uh, there were a lot of changes at defense. One familiar name and face on the defense was your leading tackler from last year, C.J. Tillman. He came back, and my goodness, Coach, this was a player who was not 100%, and all he did at not 100% is have a career-high 19 tackles, and he was all over the place. Oh, what, what can you say about his performance? Well, um, first, you got you to gotta take all the D-line out um, for, you know, for lunch because – if you making that many tackles, that means the D-line is doing their job of keeping you free. And that's what happened with that. Now, you got to go make the plays. And he did that. C.J. is an All-American. He's a guy that, that makes our defense go. That's why we had to go get all these D-linemen to keep him free so he can make those plays. Um, and so, you know, again, he did not play his best game, and he had 19 tackles. Yeah. And so – um, he, he got a long ways to continue to grow and to continue to be the guy that he's going to be. And just imagine that, Chris, like your first game against a top five team, against a great running offense, you have 19 tackles, and you probably scratching about 60% of what you're going to do this year. Just incredible. An incredible performance by him. And as you say, 19 tackles. And again, you did not think that he played his uh, best game. The best is yet to come. And coming up after the break from Camel Call Live in downtown Lillington at the County Seat Sports Group, we're going to talk about a couple of camels in the pros, a NFL debut coming up this weekend, and then a little bit about the game coming up against the Citadel. That's coming up. After the break here on Camel Call Live. Welcome back to Camel Call Live from the County Seat Sports Grill in downtown Lillington. Our next home contest for football is September 23rd at 6 p.m. versus Elon. Right now, until midnight tonight, we're having a special Labor Day special, $20 tickets. So if you go online to gocamels.com, you put in the code LABORDAY23. That's LABORDAY23. You can get tickets in Section 101. 105 or 106 for just $20. Also, again this year, this is for every game. This is not just a special, but kids 12 and under are in free with the purchase of an adult ticket in Section 106. You can get those online, gocamels.com. Also, uh, you can call um, during the week, during regular business hours, 1-877-GO-HUMPS, 1-877-GO-HUMPS. And every time you are here at the show, you get a chance to win prizes. So uh, coming up after our next commercial break, we will um, be able to draw for uh, the tickets tonight. Okay, this Sunday, NFL starts this weekend. It will actually start Thursday with the, with the Kansas City Chiefs and Detroit Lions. But we're paying attention to Sunday afternoon. So the Miami Dolphins will travel to Los Angeles to take on the Chargers this Sunday. On the roster for the Miami Dolphins is Campbell's own Julian Hill. And on the practice squad for the L.A. Chargers is Campbell's Brevin Allen, two guys that were playing in Barker Lane Stadium just about seven months ago. Wow. Coach, what a way to start the NFL season. It really is. And, um, you know, I don't even watch the NFL um, that much anymore. So I'm going to be glued in. And you know, and, and and watching my boy Julian Hill do his thing, and we we so proud of him, and 
and um, Brevin Allen, um, them, them guys is is uh, special to the program, and and really just shows what we've been building. It's it's um, it's a thing, man, where where we able to you know help change the lives of, of young men, and um, man, it's going to be good to to hear the name of those guys come over the screen. And by the way, they went to Campbell University. <laughs> no That's going to be fun. That's going to be a whole lot of fun. Okay, well, you, you just told me you don't watch NFL, NFL much more. Your Carolina Panthers, of course, you were there for a decade, one of the best players ever to play in that franchise. So how are your Carolina Panthers going to be? New, new coach that has ties to Carolina, Bryce Young, number one pick. What, what do you think from the little bit uh, that, that, that you've seen from them? Well, I, you know, we got to protect him. Right, that's number one. But Frank, Coach Wright, he knows that, and um, because he was a quarterback, and he understands that at the end of the day, if your quarterback is upright, then he can he can do the things he needs <laughs> yeah, to do. Right, right. So coaching simple sometimes. Yeah, isn't it? <laughs> it's real simple, man. And so they they got to protect him and and um, let him be able to distribute the football. Um, we know that Bryce is good because he, he played with you know Alabama and and um, played on big stages. So the stage is not going to be um, too big for him and and um, so you know that's what we're looking for and we got to have a, a great defense to to help um, you know until he's ready to be that guy that we know he is um, in being the number one pick. Um, the Citadel speaking of new coaching staff they've got a new coaching staff last week they fell 34 to nothing at FBS Georgia Southern that was a big uh, you know big game for the beginning so you probably couldn't tell much from the tape but, but what can you tell us a little bit you've seen from the Citadel a team that you played last year and beat here at home yeah well I mean they, they're a good football team and um, again like you said they played the FBS opponent so it's going to be very difficult to get anything off of that film so I told our guys, I said, look, guys, we're not going to, we're going to, you know, offense, you can watch it because their defense is going to do what their defense is doing. Uh, but but from a defensive standpoint, we can't watch that game and, and get anything out of it because I don't know what they're going to do coming in this week. Um, their starting quarterback did not get to play, so they, they ran some more triple option type um, offense. I We don't know what they're going to do, so, so we got to be prepared for for that and then, you know, regular offensive things that, that people do um, on offense. And so the defense, man, they got they got to be patient <laughs> to understand what, what type of attack you're going to get. And uh, But our offense will know exactly what their defense is going to do. Um, They're they very athletic um, on defense. They run. They're tough. Um, and, and, you know, our, our defense is really going to have to play really, really good because giving up 200-something yards, on the ground, this is what this team do. They're going to run the ball. They're going to hit people in the flats. Um, those type of things we got to we got to put you know um, out of the game plan so uh, we don't have people trying to run the football all day and um, keep the ball away from this explosive offense. What are you really keen on? What do you really want to see from your team at this game at the Citadel coming up in Charleston on Saturday? Oh, that's a great question. Um, what what I want to see is 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 us play tough, right? Because this is a tough football team um, that we about to face in the Citadel. So um, I, I want to see that toughness. It's going to be 3 o'clock. It's going to be hot. It's going to be in South Carolina. Um, can you um, play tough for four quarters, right? And then we, we got to play smart. Don't do too much. 
That's that's part of our smartness, man. Just just play your role, whatever that role is, and 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 don't try to do too much and and execute the game plan. And um and then you know play physical. I I, I want to see some pads popping, right? It's like like we 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 got to come um, aggressive in tackling people. I didn't I didn't see that in William Mary game. We we was tackling the guy, but it, it wasn't no big time hits. And I want to see that. Um, this week and then um, you know play fast right um, I want us to play with the speed that we have and um, show show the world you know how fast we are we got we got some playmakers and and we're gonna give them guys the ball and, and, and we're gonna let them show um, how fast we are um, on offense okay this might be a little sad to think about coach so so sorry for this that we're ending this segment in it but in the big south you had just five conference games in the CAA, you have eight conference games, and one of those non-conference games you had scheduled this year at home was William & Mary that's now a conference foe. So people that are asking me, why the heck does Campbell only have four home games? It is not our fault. It is not your fault. You did not want this. It's a circumstance. This is the one year it's going to be. It's going to be like that. So it is what it is, and this is what it is. In your schedule now, four of your next five games Six of your next eight games are on the road. Mm. How do you deal with that? How do you prepare your team for that? Well, we've been talking about it all season long, guys, is that um, at the end of the day, we have to be a football team that can win on the road because you got too many of them. And um, you have to get a routine. And, and that's what we've been working on is, is that routine of being on the road, understanding how to travel, understanding that we just can't go to the hotel and sit around. Um, and so we'll get that routine going to keep everything as about as um, close to home as you can, you can get it while you're sitting in the hotel room. Um, the great thing is this game is at three o'clock. So that's, that's a good thing. Yeah. I think most of our games on the road, that is um, true. you wake up and you get to play. And, um, and that's, that's easier to do if it's um, that way than it is if it's a night game. So, uh, we we looking forward to it. We we knew the schedule uh, for a whole you know eight months, and so um, this is not a surprise to us. And we've been preparing for this um, drive, <laughs> and um, and so we're looking forward to testing ourselves out on the road and testing ourselves out you know on the road of, of some tough teams, man. Like you know a lot of them is top twenty five, um, and if they wasn't top twenty five, they're getting votes. And um, and so we we looking forward to uh, being able to go to the Citadel and um, test out who we gonna be on the road because we got six more after them. Well, let, let, let me ask you this. Here, here's the good news. I'm I mean, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it with some good news here. Only one of your road games is a plane flight. That's in two weeks as you go to Monmouth so early in the season. All of the other road games are about three hours or less away once you get past, you know, the three and a half hours of Charleston. That's that's your longest road trip. Does that matter at all, the distance? You, you know, the thing is, 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 it's probably easier to get on the flight because it, it doesn't last as long. <laughs> um, so when you're on a bus, right, you 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 out there for three hours, four hours, um, you know, riding on a bus. So it's it's the, you know, it's it's the same in, in that sense, um, the great thing is is that it's not far away from your fan base. And so yep. your fan base could, could go to these games and, and families can see their kids play if we driving distance. And so that's the great thing about the CAA and, and, and having the ability to have 15 teams 
and next year 16 teams, but you don't have to fly but one flight and everybody else is close. So I think that's a that's a great thing about the um, you know CAA doing it doing it right. I think and and so um, it's not a lot of pressure on the kid to miss classes and and do that thing yeah. um, because of that. So Chris, it it all makes sense um, when you, when you talk about being able to drive to most of your away games. Yeah, you're right. Your, your two longest away games at the Citadel coming up this Saturday at, at Monmouth in New Jersey, which you fly to. But then NC Central, as you mentioned, they are a top 20 ranked team. That's up the road in Durham at Hampton, about three hours away. 18th ranked Richmond, again, another tough one on the road, but three hours away at North Carolina. That's just down the road and at NC A&T. So I, I told you I was round this up um, f- for some good news. But Coach, uh, thank you so much for Spending time with us today, uh, best of luck down at the Citadel, and we will talk to you next week. Thank you, Chris. That's Campbell Head Coach Mike Minter. When we come back after the break, we're going to give you away. We're going to give away a four-pack of tickets to Campbell's next home football game that comes up in a couple of weeks, September 23rd, Saturday at 6 o'clock versus Elon. We'll give away that tickets, and then we'll talk some volleyball. Our defending champs, they are back home as they will have a big week with four home matches um, in Bowie's Creek. We'll tell you about that and visit with their head coach, Greg Gorl, who is in his 11th year here at Campbell Volleyball. That's all coming up after the break here on Campbell Call Live. Welcome back to Camel Call Live from the County Seat Sports Grill in downtown Lillington. Every time you come down here to see us on Monday nights from 6.30 to 7.30, you get a chance to win tickets. We've got a four-pack of tickets to Campbell's next football game versus Elon, something that's going to be turning into a rivalry really in all the sports is Elon just uh, down the road and a CAA opponent. But uh, the four-pack of tickets we will give away for that game now goes to 626-227. Six two six two two seven. And we will pull another number. Six six. Hey, there we go. We have a winner. And here you go. Just call that number on the card and you'll get your four pack of tickets to the next Campbell home football game. Just three home football games next. Speaking of home matches, not games. We are going to talk Campbell Volleyball now as the champs. They start their home schedule tomorrow night, Tuesday night at 6 p.m. versus NC Central. Then they treat us to a great lineup in the Fairfield Inn and Suites Dunn Campbell Invitational. Campbell will take on San Jose State Friday at 11 a.m. Friday at 7, they'll then take on UT San Antonio and Saturday at 1.30 it's Georgia Southern. Leading the Camels in his 11th season as head coach is the man who just two years ago led Campbell Volleyball to their first ever NCAA tournament appearance and then followed that up last season with the first regular season conference title in program history. He is head coach Greg Gorl. And coach, I've been around here long enough that I am now starting to gauge how long people have been here by their children. When I first met Josie, she was a baby. Now she is not. How do you feel about starting 
your 11th season with this program? Uh, I feel good. And really, moving into a new conference, it's like starting over. Uh, we don't know exactly where we fit uh, in the new conference, and it's a, it's a challenge. And, <clears throat> you know, it doesn't matter roughly where we start as far as our, where we are in the pecking order when we get there this year. Uh, but I also know then, like, okay, this is what we need to do to get to the top. So, hey, it would be great if we win the conference this year or go to the NCAAs. Uh, but if not, we're in a good spot to at least gauge what we need to do to get better. Um, and that's really all it's been for the last 10 and a half years is every year be better than we were last year. Well, and, so. you, have, and you have certainly done that. You know, I, I, I tell people all the time that, that weren't here you, you took over a program that you had to rebuild from the ground up. You, you know, I tell people, even though it was a Division One program in name, it had gotten to a point where where you were basically building a, a Division One program for stress, from scratch. You quickly built that team into a good program, but, but now with those back-to-back -back trophies and, and what you have done the last two years, when you go on the recruiting trail in general with the program, you guys have been good for a long time, but now you're really good. Did you notice a difference out there? Absolutely. I mean, it's the level of athletes that we can get, um, the mindsets of those athletes, um, and just having having those rings, um, and even like playing Nebraska in the first round, um, we have more recruits from Nebraska interested in us. And actually, um, one of our 2024s is going to be from Nebraska. She's verbally committed to us. And so that's exciting. And we continue to get more kids from the Midwest, Texas, California, um, we even have a, a commit from the Pacific Northwest and, uh, a lot of them again, want to be in a winning program, want to have the type of atmosphere we have at Campbell university, and then going into a new conference, uh, a more prestigious, prestigious conference, uh, that also is a draw for a lot of our recruits as well. So you mentioned Nebraska and you, and you might've been looking at my notes ahead or what I was going to ask you, but since you, since you said it, you, you have the very unique experience that in that NCAA tournament uh, appearance, you play Nebraska, which not only is one of the best teams in the country, but as people saw last week, one of the best volleyball fan bases in the entire country. I think when both you and I heard that, Hey, they're going to have it at the football stadium. We thought, Wow. That's going to be awesome. You know what? They're probably going to get 25000 there. It's going to be unbelievable. I don't think anybody thought that they were going to do what they did, and that tells you a lot about the popularity of this great sport that we both love, but also how it is really, really something. It was just a fantastic moment for, for volleyball, for, for women's sports. It was awesome. Yes, and people don't realize how popular women's volleyball is in this country. I mean – the Big Ten, SEC, Pac-12, um, really, really, like, it's their top-tier women's sport, yeah. along with women's basketball. Um, and it's that important across the board uh, for most of the conferences in the country. And it's the most popular girls' team sport in the country. Um, at, at the high school level, there's over 400,000 um, uh, high school girls that play the sport. And when you go to Nebraska, um, it is by far their most popular female sport. And to get 92,000 people in a, in, a, in a football stadium to watch a volleyball <laughs> match is just outstanding. And it, again, like being in the Southeast, it's not quite as popular as maybe some other sports, but it's the reality is, is that most everywhere else, it's a big deal. And yeah. um, it's a sport that, again, like there's a little bit more parity because everybody only gets 12 scholarships 
and things like that. And, um, you know, you can compete at a high level, but there's also a lot of teams. We have over 350 Division One volleyball programs. And so it's hard to get up into the top 100 or whatever it is. Uh, but it is a very, very popular sport, and there's a lot of athletes that play it. And, and you can see it now. Uh, even our um, championship final match moved from ESPN to ABC yeah. on Sunday at 3, yep. 3 p.m., like prime time. Yeah, uh, it's just amazing what it has done. And again, like I tell people all the time, you, you know, if you've never been to a college volleyball match or you haven't been in five to ten years, the pace, the athleticism, it's its just so much fun. And then, you know, I mean, baseball went through. A lot of people weren't watching because it took too long and there was downtime. There was no downtime in volleyball. There's so many times. I don't know how you keep up with it all, but, but it is such a rapid pace. It is so fun to watch just as a fan. Yeah, it's really, I mean, the athleticism, the speed, um, and it's, it's, it's fast plays. It's, you know, you've got plays like you would run in football, uh, offensively, you have girls, like I have four athletes, five athletes, six athletes that touch over 10 feet so they can jump and grab <laughs> the basketball rim. I've got, uh, one player, Allie, who, um, is six foot five and can go over people. And I've got other ones that are smaller, but more athletic, more dynamic and just pound balls. And so it, it, it really is a lot of fun. It, it shows uh, young girls that, you know, you can be a, a, an elite athlete in the sport. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Okay. This season, every year, and you have done this since the very beginning when you're building this program, you challenge your team in the non-conference. You've been to two tournaments this year. You've taken on Colorado, UNLV, ECU, App State, North Texas. You went toe-to-toe with these teams. You were a couple points away from, from beating these teams. What, what have you liked about your play so far this season against this very tough schedule? Um, that we can play with most anybody. Um, you know, the first tournament, like North Texas, UNLV, Colorado. UNLV went to the NCAAs. Colorado went to the NCAAs last year. North Texas is always physical and athletic with a lot of players from the state of Texas. Um, I felt like our best chance was to beat North Texas. We, we lose in five um, in a very, very close match. But then we turned around the very next day and played Colorado toe-to-toe, um, losing the first set, you know, 25-20, losing the third set, 25-22. Like, we're, we're right there. It's just a few little execution errors, um, you know, a few points that we lose, that they win, that make the difference. Um, and our young players have to do that, have to learn that. And then against UNLV, um, we, we were winning set two, lost by two points, win set three, lost. Uh, we were up in set four. And we lose by two points. And if you switch like two points and set two and t- yeah. set four, we win the match. And so like that's that's a good feeling to have. It's frustrating not to win those uh, because we're talented enough. But at the same time, we have kind of a group of seniors, of, like four good seniors, and then um, a lot more underclassmen that are helping us out this year that have to learn um, to be a little bit more consistent. And that's what you do in your non-conference play. Um, and we were a little undermanned this past weekend at ECU with uh, App State. Uh, again, the first set against ECU, we I think we lost 30 to 28 or 32-30. If that switches around, like yeah. we, it, it changes the whole match. And then we won the first two sets against App State. And then, um, you know, again, just didn't finish the way we wanted to, but that was right there, even again, undermanned without without one of our starting setters. So um, it, feels, it feels good to know that we have the talent to do it. Um, and I really just emphasize with my team is execution. When it matters, we got we got to have that point. We've got to be able to pass the ball, run our offense, and put a ball away when we need to. 
Um, we're doing it at times. We just have to do it a, a little bit more consistently, and then we're right where we need to be. Um, but I'm impressed with our team. I think the teams that we've played, especially in the first weekend, have as much talent or more talent than most of our conference foes will have. And if we can play well against them, then I think we're going to be in a pretty good spot um, within the conference. Absolutely. You, you mentioned it. Now, you lost some key pieces to this championship run team, back-to-back -back trophies the past two years, but you have some returning key pieces as well. Let's talk about your two preseason all-conference selection, Claire Ann Fector, and she was the Big South Defensive Player of the Year. And, of course, Melody Page, third in the nation last year in blocks, and you have both of them back. Yeah, absolutely. Claire Ann is just the anchor of our defense, um, just an elite athlete covers roughly half the court by herself, reads well. Um, you can't tip over the block. She'll fly in there and get the ball. You can't hit and you can't hit a ball by her either. Um, you can't throw a ball over her head because she's 5'10 and, you know, jumps really well. Like she could be an outside hitter at, at some smaller schools. <laughs> no doubt. Um, and she does it even in practice at times. So, um, and then she's got a nasty serve, but she's just um, someone that really cleans up um, a lot of plays for us and takes the chaos off our side. Even if we don't pass well, she'll step in and, and take the second contact and, and put up a hittable ball so that we can put pressure on the, our opponents. So Claire Ann, I mean, is invaluable um, for all of those reasons. And uh, we wouldn't be where we are uh, without her. And then Mel, of course, now coming back for her COVID year, her fifth year, um, just super explosive offensively. And, um, you know, has to do it now with, um, a lot less of her, her former peers, but is starting to get in her rhythm where she's hitting, you know, 300, 400 most, most matches now. Uh, the setters are, are finding where she likes the ball and, and she's figuring out how to score. But again, just uh, a phenomenal athlete that, um, you know, is a force in the middle where a lot of teams are average. She's, she's amazing and, and can really set the tone for our side when she's on. Tell me about some of your newcomers, some who have already made an, an impact. Well, we've got uh, like our four sophomores, um, two of them started last year, Allie, Clint, and Gwen Wolko uh, were on the all-freshman team and played most of the matches, if not all the matches that we had last year. Now they're in more prominent roles. Um, Allie was just named to the all-tournament team this past weekend at East Carolina and has been doing a great job for us there. Um, and then Gwen, you know, does a great job with a lot of different skills, being an outside hitter, uh, we rely on her to pass, to serve, to play defense, block, attack. Um, and so most nights she's pretty consistent for us in that regard. And then um, Maddie Converse is a sophomore setter that we're now relying on. Um, and we did all this past weekend. She was our only healthy setter. Um, she ran a 5-1 um, and did a great job uh, for us uh, just running the offense. Um, the stats against Bethune-Cookman were, were out of this world. I think we hit 496 or something like that, the second highest hitting percentage we've ever had um, as a team. And then uh, she had 46 assists in three sets, wow. which was fourth most in, <laughs> in school history. So wow. um, she's figuring that out. And again, she has to, like we have no other options. Would we be in a slightly different offense if we did? Yes, uh, but she's, um, she's just owned it and she's done a great job with it. And then Abby Tuyo um, played on and off for us uh, with sub in quite a bit last year. And she's now, in a more prominent role. Like we graduated Layla Green, who was an all-conference player, and, and we needed someone to fill in there. Abby does a great job from both pins. She can pass, she can block. She really, really worked hard this summer to become stronger and more dynamic. And she's, again, like she's touching 10 foot two. 
and um, ripping balls and uh, finding ways to score. So uh, I think she had 12 kills on like 26 swings, something like that this past weekend, or 24 swings uh, without an error um, against Bethune-Cookman. So um, again, that sophomore class, as long as like, they can consistently come out night in, like night in, night in, day in and day out, um, we're going to be very, very good because pairing that with our four seniors, McKenna Shaka, uh, Chloe Cook, who's just been phenomenal um, in our six matches so far. Um, we've got a good stable core of athletes to, to really hang our hat on. And then Emily Camp as a junior, um, being outside right side has really started to add some velocity to her swings and at 6'3 can hit at some very, very sharp angles and create a lot of problems for, for defense as well. And her blocking um, has been exceptional. So she, she's helping with the defensive side of things and then also contributing offensively, which, again, we were very, very balanced last year, and we're getting closer to that point this year. He is Greg Gorl, our head volleyball coach. Welcome back into the county seat in downtown Lillington. A lot of chances to see some volleyball this week. So Flow Sports, the new home for live video broadcasts of Campbell Games, every home game every home match that we broadcast in any way CAA games are on flow. There's a special rate for Campbell fans and that's available at gocamels.com. This weekend on Flow Sports, of course, uh, no video coverage for you tomorrow night on Tuesday, six o'clock NC Central, but this weekend, all three Campbell matches will be on Flow Sports. Campbell hosts San Jose State on Friday at 11, UTSA at seven on Friday, and then Georgia Southern on Saturday at 1.30. First of all, Coach, I don't care if uh, this is baseball or softball or volleyball. This is the the, the best uh, overall tournament teams that you've been able to pull in. Part of that is because you guys have a name now and you guys have the RPI now and that. But talk about putting together this tournament with these names and what we can expect. What a feel. Uh, I mean, they're going to be really, really good, um, really, really good matches across the board. I think all four teams are pretty even. Uh, they're going to have different styles. Uh, I know Todd Kress at San Jose State. This is his first season. He was at uh, Fairfield for a long time. He was actually the head coach at Florida State uh, before that. He's had a ton of success. Uh, he's got a lot of younger players. But again, like when you get kids from you know California, they know how to play volleyball at an elite level. Um, so they're going to pose a lot of challenges. UT San Antonio, a lot, a lot of players from Texas, same thing. There's, uh, they've had a lot of success as well. Um, they're going to bring a physical style. Their coach also has been around a very long time. Um, and she's, I think in just her second or third year at UTSA, but very, very well known and, uh, and an excellent coach. And then at Georgia Southern, uh, they've been, they're, they're pretty physical across the board. A lot of strong kids. Um, they want to block you up front, um, and pound you to death with the ball. Um, they've had a lot of success so far this, uh, this fall as well, the first two weekends. So all three matches for us are, are going to be challenges in different ways. Um, fortunately, like we get them all at home. Like that's, that's the nice part. Um, it was like Georgia Southern obviously being, you know, close enough in the region, like yeah. this made sense for them. Um, UTSA was a little bit, uh, I was surprised that they were interested, but like they wanted to come out of region and, and go somewhere different. Uh, we got San Jose state a little bit late um, in the process, uh, but it just adds to the strength uh, of the tournament. And, and now we've got four teams and uh, six matches that are really, really going to be interesting to watch. And I, 
honestly couldn't tell you who's going to win any of them. <laughs> yeah, then no doubt, no doubt. Um, you start off the home schedule uh, tomorrow um, against NC Central, 6 o'clock. What can we expect from the home opener? Um, <clears throat> hopefully we'll be sharp. <laughs> uh, we've really worked on um, being great with our first contacts, whether it's serving, passing, defending first balls. Um, we want to get in uh, in system a lot, and we want to take our opponents out of system. So uh, NC Central is very, very well coached uh, by Jody Brown. He's been around forever as well. Um, they're a scrappy team. They gave us problems last year. Uh, we split matches with them. Uh, so they are, they're going to do things really well, well at times, and then we're going to try and exploit them um, with uh, our quality serves at others. But if they're in system, they're athletic, they're strong, and they're fast, they're going to they're gonna cause a lot of problems for us. Uh, we want to make sure that uh, we're playing consistently good volleyball and, and hopefully get some leads early and then maintain those leads throughout. Um, this will be your last non-conference uh, chance to play some teams outside of the CAA. Of course, everything is is new this year in the CAA. You have you have some familiarity. Now, the CAA, for those who don't know, and, and you mentioned it a little bit, it's a really good volleyball conference, especially from the top half. And Towson, the preseason favorite, they lost just two matches last year, and this year the only match that they have lost is to South Carolina, which they split. They beat South Carolina and then they lost to South Carolina. So tell me about this conference in, in Towson at the top. Um, well, you know how us and High Point were the big dogs yeah. in, in the Big South. Towson is a lot like High Point in that their physicality. I would say they're actually even better. Um, they have just some power five bodies. They have a lot of foreign kids. They have some athletes. Um, and so they're going to be tough to beat. But again, we also know how to play those teams mm -hmm. after having to play High Point two, three times a year for the last however many years that, that we've been in the conference. And, and again, like with our non-conference schedule, we've, we just played UNLV. We just played Colorado. Like we've just faced teams that are very similar to what they do. Um, so um, in some ways they're scary. It's hard because we're going to play them twice at their place, Yeah, um, which is not a great barometer of what we can do. I'd love to have them at least once in our, our gym. It's unfortunate that, that we don't. And they host the conference tournament. Uh, so we're going to have to do it on the road, uh, which is fine. But um, the rest of the conference, like Delaware, Northeastern, College of Charleston, uh, Hofstra, they're kind of, I'd, I'd say we're kind of in the same ballpark as them as far as abilities. Um, so again, like those are toss-up matches. It's who can come out and dictate play, who can serve and pass better, who can score when you're not supposed to score, who can stop people, um, who can stop the right people. So um It'll, it'll be very, very interesting. you got to come out every night and play well, or you're going to get run over. And that includes even, you know, the less successful teams, but they're still good, like William & Mary, uh, Wilmington. Um, you know, there's there's so many good teams that yeah. if, you, if you don't show up and you're not sharp, that you'll lose, and um, you, it'll be hard to keep ground or gain ground on, on top of the conference if you're losing matches you shouldn't. You mentioned it a little bit, a unique conference setup because of, uh, of travel and, and the distance between teams. When you go to a team in conference or when one comes to you, you play back-to-back -back matches on back-to-back -back days. Talk about that setup, the advantages, disadvantages of that. Um, the only good thing is you get to sleep in the same hotel room. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're not traveling from Delaware to Hofstra or something like that. Um, and you only have to scout one team. I actually, 
would rather play two teams in a weekend. Yeah. Um, I think we do a very, very good job of preparation. A great job. And, and I want other coaches to have to work as hard as we do. <laughs> <laughs> um, so with the schedule, that doesn't happen. The other part of it, too, is like we had this type of schedule during COVID. Uh, we would blow teams out on Friday night and then turn around and they already knew like they were motivated by getting their butts kicked. Yeah. And then they already had a blueprint for what we were going to do and then came out firing and it just made it that much harder on the second yeah. day. I'm not sure if we'll you know be successful on day one or day two, um, but I would rather play a team and then not see them for a month. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, that's not the way it is. So you got to figure it out. Um, I've, you know, there's things you can do to uh, adjust your offense or your defense on a daily basis to kind of um, throw wrinkles into the opponent that you just saw the night before. Um, I don't know how much of that I want to do. Like, I'd rather be consistently good. And, you know, I want my players to understand, like, where people are going to be. We, we're comfortable with who's on the floor, where they are, and stuff like that. I don't like doing a whole lot of, you know, changing lineups, things like that. But at the same time, it may be something that we have to look at to kind of keep teams off balance. Um, one of the byproducts, um, maybe not not necessarily a disadvantage, but you've been so successful. Um, some of your coaching staff has has changed around. Of course, you have one of Campbell's all time great still on the coaching staff, but uh, but but you've made a change as well. Um, just to tell me about uh, tell me about your your assistants. Well, Kayla, yeah, has been with me at four seasons now, and she played for me for four years, so uh, we're very familiar with each other. We've got um, a great working relationship. I think when we first started. Um, there was a learning curve as there is with every staff. Cause I thought of her more as a player. She thought of me more as the coach. <laughs> and then all of a sudden we're, we're in the same office, you know, eight hours a day, yeah. <laughs> um, and having to work together and communicate on a lot of different things. So, uh, but she does a great job, um, working with our ball control side of things and, uh, very, very organized. Um, so she like equipment wise, budget wise, all those things, uh, making sure we're doing what we need to, um, from that side. And, and in the gym, like she's a stickler for things that we, ha we have high standards across the board. Um, and that's part of our culture. It's part of why we're where we are. And she makes sure like the players are, are accountable for those things. My new staff member, Cole Murray, um, <clears throat> has been a great addition. We, we lost Ryan to the men's game and he went back home to, to coach at Cal State Northridge where he played. Uh, but Cole was the volunteer assistant for Pepperdine's women's volleyball program last year. He's from Southern California, uh, played at Loyola Chicago on the men's team. And for those of you unfamiliar, like they were one of the top four yeah. teams in the country. Yep. And he was a starting outside hitter for them the year after they won the uh, national championship. So he's pretty legit. And <laughs> um, he's very, very competitive. He's also coached his own high school team. He's worked with a number of clubs. And actually, uh, he and Ryan knew had the same mutual friends and that's how he got interested in this wow. position. Um, and I'm very thankful for having Cole on staff. Um, he's again, like he's not a newbie to this. He's, he's has a wealth of experience. Uh, he's played in an elite level and I can move more from like last year, I was coaching more of the attackers to now coaching the setters. I was a setter, but like when Ryan was on staff, I let him coach the setters because, uh, that was his forte. Yeah. Um, so now I can show, share, uh, some love with the setters a little bit more. And now the outsides and the middles are tired of hearing from me. Now they get to listen to Cole. <laughs> um, and uh, just having someone who, um, you know, knows timing and footwork and shot selection, 
Uh, he's really in helping our pins and our middles uh, just get more comfortable offensively. And, you know, again, we've always been defense first. We've been the number one defensive team in our conference for quite a while, and it's just catching the offense up to that. So we're doing a few different things, um, working on some tempo stuff. Um, and then Cole's helped extremely um, – well, he's, he's helped a, a lot with that. And, and then, you know, he and Kayla both share the scouting duties, um, and they do a great job in helping us prepare for our opponents. Uh, we did our scout on uh, NC Central today, and so uh, both of them, I can't thank them enough for how much work they put in on a daily basis and how organized both of them are. Um, and um, things run smoothly when everybody's on the same page that way, and um, it's been great. And it has been great, and so have you. He is Greg Goral, the most successful volleyball coach in Campbell history. And finally, we come back home. Four chances to see his team this week. Tomorrow, which is Tuesday versus NC Central at 6. Then the tournament, a great tournament. What a lineup. Two games on Friday, one on Saturday, all at Campbell's Gore Arena. Admission is free. All the tournament games Campbell plays in, all the matches will be on Flow Sports if you can't make it out to Gore Arena, but we hope to see you there. Coach, good luck. Thank you so much for stopping by. Not a problem. Thank you. That is our head volleyball coach, Greg Goral, and that'll do it for Camel Call Live. We'll be back next week. If you missed any of today, it will be in our Camel Call Live podcast coming up later this week. Thank you for tuning in and have a great week.